2: Welcome to Financial Food for Thought, the show that answers all the questions on how to maximize your lifestyle and preserve your wealth.
0: Trees swaying in the summer breeze, showing off their silver leaves as we walked by Saw. Kisses on a
1: summer's day. Good morning, everyone. You found Financial book Thought. You got Mark Dolly and Carrie O'Della. Summer breezes, I don't know, last night, Carrie, they're a little bit worse than now.
2: Oh, yeah. I said, you were asking. I slept right through Sweet. it. Boy, a storm <laughs> blew
1: in. we were listening to the estate planning team. We we're taping the show on Friday, and summer's fleeting quickly, Carrie.
2: I know. Well, I saw the aftermath with the debris all over the road this morning in my driveway, but...
1: Right. I, I tell you, th- there was no som- summer romance at the GOP debate. The other uh, night yeah, you were
2: asking. I did not watch it. Vivek I, I, and Vivek it seems and too Nikki. early. Ukraine is the first line of defense for us.
1: And the Nikki Haley versus the debate. Okay. He
2: wants to let China eat Taiwan. He wants to go and <laughs> stop funding Israel. You don't do that to friends. What you do instead is you have the backs of your friends. Ukraine, is a front line of defense. You have to see Putin it to, see,
1: to get the full flavor of this
2: guy. Russia. Once Russia takes Ukraine, Poland and the Baltics are next. That's Nikki a did a good war. job. I like her. People. I've look always look liked her. Today. He killed Purgosin. When I was at the U.N., the Russian ambassador suddenly died. Guy. This guy Tim is
1: Scott was invisible. And you are, are a choosing debate. a murderer over... He oh was my God. favorite, darling.
2: She's fired up. Listen... You know, I'm mm-hmm. not on the but the fact of the matter, and, you know, Boeing you came off of it, but you've been pushing this, this, lie. Been pushing this you know, lie all you week. Want week. Yeah, yeah. Yes. Yes. You want to go and defund Israel? You want to be the I'm glad you brought that up. I'm going to address each of
0: those. They're standing next right to each other. I thought they were going to go fist to fist.
2: the reality watch, you're like less Lessa, you have no foreign policy experience, and it shows. And you know
1: what? So there you right. go. They no summer romance there, Carrie. Yeah. So, we, you know, I, last week on the show, I was saying how this was going to be a big news week, the GOP debate being one of them. My takeaways, I don't, I don't even, I can't even call a winner or loser. I mean, there were no really breakout moments. That was kind of a feisty moment. Mm-hmm. And, and Nikki got some points about that. Um, you know, what stood out mostly, you know, Ron DeSantis, what stood out mostly for him was his ears. Now is it just me or anyone else get the <laughs> Alfred E. Newman look when you when you look at Ron DeSantis up there? But I mean, he...
2: Mark, well, a lot of people like. I mean, he's done a lot of good things for Florida.
1: But the, but the interesting thing was when you know they they give you how much of the you know the 120 minute debate, how many each candidate, how many minutes they actually, how many were, were up speaking. there speaking, eight. I think.
2: That's All too right. many,
1: right? And oh, the whole format's ridiculous. No one even. Well, I mean, I shouldn't say that. There, I think they said twelve point eight million um, watched it in a country this size. That's not a great. Uh, um, I think good. you know when you know the last. Well, when Trump's first time when he was on the debate right. stage, just to compare, he was the show. Twenty four million tuned in. Wow. Um, and the Democratic when they have the debates, they're bad the, and, and even less than t- uh, twelve million watch. But anyways. But so they, they say the minutes. So, so usually the front runner, in this case, with Trump not showing up, then DeSantis was the front runner, center state. So usually they get the most minutes, right?
2: Right.
1: He actually was fourth huh? in the minute count. You had, um, you know, Pence got the most. 12.20, uh, 12.25 minutes, and I think that's because he talks so slowly. Um, you know, he just eats the time away. Yeah. Then you had Vivek; he got eleven point three eight minutes. Um, then Chris Christie got eleven point three seven minutes.
2: I'm surprised he's even up there, honestly. Uh, yeah. and
1: so, so like is you everybody. think his
2: ship has sailed.
1: And then, then came in Ron DeSantis at ten minutes. Um, and and then and, and kind of going from there. But the one thing that I thought we'd hear more about, and this is how I'm going to kind of ring it back into the estate planning team and what we're trying to help our clients navigate in these uh, torrential times, is is I thought there'd be more Republican talk about how this next president is is going to have a big say in in what happens to the Trump tax rates when they expire.
2: Oh, they're, at they're the end of twenty twenty five, I don't even think that they're talking about that.
1: Well, Pence touched on it. OK,
2: um, he shouldn't even be up there either. So he Jeez. did bring it
1: up and he, and he was the only one. And he talked about, the, you know, how if, if he was president, his his job was to get those uh, those sunsetting tax rates, you know, permanent. Right. Because remember,
2: they go back up after 2025. The standard deduction goes back to what it was, which is roughly cut in half. The so federal
1: state tax exemption gets cut in half.
2: So there's a lot of issues for people.
1: Right. Um, Now, at at another part of the debate, um, there was also Nikki Haley. She she did kind of go after, because in the end, of course, the president doesn't have the power to extend Trump's tax rates. Correct. Um, Because the law, it's Congress. You need the 50% votes in the House and you need the 60, the supermajority votes in the Senate. And,
2: and you think our Congress is going to agree on anything? Well, it, it, it
1: was, and that's why Nikki kind of called, because Pence did that a couple of times and a couple of different issues mm-hmm. about how, what he would do. And, and Nikki Haley called him out on it and said, you're misleading the American public. Um, be, because you can't do that on your own. You, you can't do that if you don't have 60 votes in the Senate. Right. Um, and so, yeah. So I do give her, you know, Crystal, she, I, I you know, she's being honest. With the american public and i always say you know, any you know the anytime the president you know the potus you know the candidate is promising these big campaign promises you got to be careful and say can he really she or she really even do that
2: it's like with uh biden and the student, student loan like you can't there
1: you go um and, and and the whole idea about inflation um you know inflation okay so my question would have been who, you know, candidates or even on a one-to-one interview on any of these candidates who are doing the the circuits, I would say, okay, you know, here's a question for you. Who do you think has the most ability or authority um, to or power to reduce inflation? And and you list them in order of in, in seniority, okay. Is it the president? No. Is it the Federal Reserve?
2: Maybe. I would say that has probably more power than the president. Is Absolutely. it Congress? For inflation?
1: To get w- inflation down.
2: Well, we always talk about the Federal Reserve. It's so the Federal I'd, Reserve. I'd say Federal Reserve, then Congress. Maybe with some major law right. changes. The I, president has nothing to do with.
1: I, I really don't know what the president has anything to do with bringing down inflation. No. The, the federal and, and well I
2: guess maybe their economic policies but still have to be voted on comes back to Congress that's why I have the balance and checks or we're supposed to
1: now the um, so so we're back to the second big story of the week which was um, Jackson Hall which is the Federal Reserves um symposium and, and fed powell who does and and along with the federal reserve does have the authority and the power and the most ability to lower inflation and he didn't say anything much different than what he's saying in the past he's you know a lot of people are saying well are they going to are they done um you know raising rates and you know or are they ready to cut rates um he I said, don't think
2: they're gonna cut rates. No, he's they're saying, not even I was gonna say we've just started rate why I don't think they do uh
1: No, he pretty much came out I mean, now we're taping the show on Friday. I I caught I, I caught some of the his his speech on the way in, but yeah, he's saying no, we're we're not we're still two percent is our target and we may still continue to raise rates. I don't think they're gonna raise in September, but they could raise again in November and they they and more pain's coming basically now a lot of, he's not claiming victory in other words he's not saying that he's navigated the soft landing meaning that interest rates will get inflation will get down to a point without causing a u.s recession um but you know i been a lot of people are saying boy that would be the first time ever that you know <laughs> the federal reserve uh was able to do that so we'll see now the, the, the one thing too a, a lot of so I'll, we're talking to a lot of our clients and how conservative do you want to build your economic model you know in, in other words, sometimes we call that the plan R for a recession right mm-hmm. and a lot of people think, well even if we do go in a recession, we don't think it's going to be as deep and as as lengthy as you know the past recessions. Of course, the 2020 Rona recession was a real quick turnaround, right? Right. Um, because, but that's because the government dropped $6 trillion on our lapse of spend. That ain't happening mm-hmm. in the next recession, in my opinion. Um, so, so you're not going to have that beach ball bounce recovery. So it'd be more of a, uh, a traditional recovery period that could be 12 to 18 months. So typically that brings with it a major stock market decline. And that's the idea of we always talk about things to protect your family from the next recession is maintain an adequate cash reserve. Um, so if if we do have that economic downturn and the stocks are crashing and you don't want to sell low to come up with your cash flow, you can rely on your cash reserve. And the benefit of building a cash reserve is even much more uh now important when we have good fixed interest rates. And as long as the Federal Reserve is still saying we may raise interest rates higher, Kerry won't those Theoretically, won't those lower fixed rates be around longer? Correct. And we see that with the CDs and the money markets and the fixed annuities, especially the multi-year guarantee annuities or the MIGAs. So if you have not set up that ladder of those, you you still have time to do that.
2: And you want to do all of them, I mean, a combination.
1: Um, And that protects, you know, that if we do have the economic downturn. And a lot of people are saying, well... you know, what else could be happening next year? A lot of people still think that the Federal Reserve is going to announce that they've stopped raising rates. Mm-hmm. They haven't. He did not do that today no. at, at Jackson Hole. Um it's still a far cry from saying they're cutting rates. Correct. There could be a, 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 a time frame between when they say they've stopped raising them and actually cutting them. It doesn't happen overnight. Right. They still wait and see because even by saying that they're keeping interest rates the same, that is still applying pressure to the economy, which is the, what they're you know data dependent, right? Um, and and Powell came out and said, you know, we've got to be agile. With all the headwinds out there, I think the other the other analogy he gave, care I don't quote me, but he said something like, um, "You know, we're navigating the stars under cloudy skies."
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And I think that's a good, Ugh, yeah. And I think that's a you know, and that's the tough job that they have right now.
2: <laughs> Which mean? they're going in blind, and,
1: and that <laughs> right, and, and and that's why, or they get peaks, they get right, little little peaks, glimmers, uh, um, yeah. But you know, and and that's kind of. What we're saying is what plan are, or when you're building a financial model, is that, yeah, plan for the, the, you know, hope for the best, plan for the worst. But the idea is, if we do have tough times, do you, you know, are, do you know, are you still going to be okay? Or do you have to change something? Do you have to work longer? Do you have to put off that? major purchase that you were saying, you know, things like that. So that's what we try to, um, so we're very agile planners too at the estate planning team. A lot of times I say we're very active planners. You know, we always talk to our clients, especially our new clients, you know, what you did last year with your financial planning model might not be what you do this year, might not be what you're planning on doing next year. You know, you you, you have to stay agile, you have to stay active Mm -hmm. um, because when life changes an assumption that you made, that's when you have to go in. and, And as long as you can make the Minor adjustments, you get back on track, so you don't get too far right. off the the track. Um, so we'll see. But a lot of people are also holding out, you know, in, in terms of what's the stock market going to do. Now we don't pick, you know, investments for our clients. That's not what. And we you get, can't we're, time
2: the market. No,
1: we don't manage assets um, for our clients, but uh, we do look at some of the historical trends. So one big one, carry that's that's been pretty. Consistent, at least since 1988, that's how the S and P has done in like the years following when the Federal Reserves indicate that they've stopped raising rates. Okay. All right. Um, So since 1988, the S and P 500 um, returned an average of carry 23.7 percent during the one year period immediately following the last rate hike.
2: Hmm.
1: Now, that's an astounding statistic. Um, and as you know, we always give a disclaimer, you know, past performance doesn't mean that's no, what's going to be in the future. could be
2: different this but time. a
1: lot of people look at that. All right. So, Carrie, um, so we'll see. So that's what's happening. I've got a couple other news stories. I, you know, we had the BRICS meeting and that was that all that. Remember the Durham Accords and remember the world was going to end.
2: Oh, I I talked about that. Yeah, we heard that quite often. So we'll
1: have an update on that, and then uh, we'll continue, um, continue looking at well, what are other signs in the economy that we can look towards that tells us how is the U.S. consumer doing because we're getting a lot of conflicting signs there right and you know we've been talking the last few shows about is it you know the wealth gap in this country right and who is this recession really hurting and and you know where are our americans changing their buying habits and right. things like that so I, I did some last time i got some more retail data this week so i'll look at that and then we'll also um continue our conversation on everybody's favorite financial topic and that's long-term care. right? And
2: Mark, deal. and I think because when you're talking about headlines and how this impacts you, it still relates to, yeah, this is maybe what everyone else is doing, but it comes down to what you should be doing. Are you changing your buying house? Do you have to adjust? A lot of times people come in and they're worried about running out of money and then they work with us and we run a worst case scenario, very conservative, maybe a recession with slow growth growth recovery, higher inflation that's gonna stick around a little bit longer, even beef up their expenses to be on the high end because we don't know and add inflation on different expenses. And guess what? They were worried and they don't need to be. And another thing is looking at their asset allocation, even though we don't do the investments, we also realize that even on a worst case scenario, scenario, They still, their plan still could work based on a more conservative growth rate. And now that we have these great fixed rates that we haven't had in so long, that maybe you need to have more in fixed, or you don't have to take on that risk, especially as people... Um, approach retirement. So, you know, it comes down to what you can do. And that's what we do at the estate planning team. We do financial modeling and number crunching and help people through objective, unbiased analysis. And we are sponsored. um, You're listening to this morning, rather, the uh, financial food for thought. And we're sponsored by the estate planning team, which is an uh, affordable fee-based Ohio registered fiduciary planning firm. And we've been around now more than 36 years. You can Um, get information about us, who we are. If you want to do your due diligence at the Better Business Bureau, we have some Google reviews our clients have done for us and um, Angie's list as well. And what we do is provide people this detailed analysis or objective analysis. And we help people with different areas of their financial life, whether they're working, you're someone in retirement, we analyze options and help people navigate the different areas. So they make better choices. They're aware of issues, whether it's opportunities they're not taking advantage of, or they can make a different decision that's actually going to put more net spendable dollars in their pocket and be aware of traps. Are you underspending, overspending so that you can get clear on realistic retirement dates? Or if you're in retirement, realistic spending. How can you create the income you need tax efficiently, and then address those financial worries, whether it's running out of money, a long-term care, premature death of a spouse, um, a market downturn, whatever that may be, we can model it in. So as much as planning is about saving money, and we are pro um, active planners and help people, you know, what can you do now to create future tax-efficient income? Because if you are in the camp that thinks tax rates are going to go up in the future, you need to be even more proactive. And we look at all these issues for our clients and we offer a free, no obligation, no pressure consultation by phone or in person if you want to see how our process is very different. And we'll recommend our services only if we can help you. And we have both hourly options if people need a little bit of help and comprehensive retainers where we walk through people of the information gathering, analysis, recommendations and implementation to make sure things are done correctly. And if you want to take advantage of a free consultation, give us a call, leave a message. We will call you back on Monday. Or you can email us through the website and you'll get a response by Monday there as well. That's 440-239-2090. That's four four zero two three nine. 2090 or visit financialfoodforthought.com I also want to to remind people um, you can sign up for our annual updated IRA tax qualified asset and Roth planning classes coming up in September the only time we do them before we get into our year in planning busy season and these classes are for anyone if you have IRAs company plans or similar assets in age 59 and a half or older we're going to talk about rules, costly mistakes, misconceptions about about these assets, the problems with minimum required distribution, um, Roth contributions, conversion rules and techniques, strategies to minimize the tax impact during lifetime and your heirs, qualified charitable distributions, spend time on the SECURE Act 1.0. And there were clarification. We've talked on the show a little bit about um, some of the clarification that came out, even though it was passed a couple of years ago this summer and information on the SECURE Act 2.0. And for many people, they're not aware that it actually opened up even more opportunities that you can pull money from these assets tax efficiently. And by the way, if Congress does nothing, you may have this window of opportunity this year, 2024 and 2025, because we know what the tax rates are, you know, to even take advantage, make a bigger tax impact. And you can register online for those classes, which are September 12th at 10 a.m. at the Middleburg Heights Community Center or September 20th at 6 p.m. at the Interstate Plaza Building, also in Middleburg Heights. It's free to attend. We do ask that you pre-register. Seating is limited for both dates and you get a free handout. We want to make sure everyone gets that workbook with lots of good information. And again, that's 440 239 2090 or financialfoodforthought.com.
1: Right. And, and at the class, so we'll go over what we call the tax wrappers. And, and that's the idea of saying, understand that's a first understanding of how what assets you own, the type of tax wrappers around them, meaning when you use them in retirement, how are they taxed to you? Or if you die still owning them, how are they taxed to your heirs? And that's, and that's the beginning understanding. And, and it's the idea as you go through your life phases from your working accumulation phases to your golden retirement distribution phases, you, you know, do you need to shift? Do you need to shift those tax wrappers around? Or And, and we always say it, it's better that you start working on your retirement plan before you retire, <laughs> and it's right. also better working on your uh, deathbed planning before you're on your deathbed. So it, it's that idea of being active and getting a you know getting enough data or getting over the learning curve and 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 we've been helping clients through that process for over thirty six years. Um, so we'll talk about and and one of the other things too that we've we've in, incorporated into this particular class because more and more of our clients they're facing this as a tax dilemma it, and I say tax increase. Quotations, and that's when people get this realizing that what they pay for Medicare premiums, carry rates, whether that be Medicare B and or Medicare D, the prescription drug plan, is directly related to how much income they have, and it's prorated. So the more income you have, the higher Medicare premiums that you pay. We call those the IRMA adjustments, the the income-related monthly adjustments amount. And that traps and surprises a lot of people. They don't realize that. And so we go, not only do we go over that concept about, you know, what, in, in, in and we also say, well, how do we help our clients plan for that so they don't get trapped? You know, sometimes we call that the IRA RMD Irma trap right and 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 one of i'm saying is that's not everybody's going to have to be worried about that so that's the other thing we've been talking about on this radio show for the last month or so, Carrie. Right? Mm-hmm. Is that you know there's you, the averages don't matter. You know, the internet is obsessed with telling us what the average retiree is, right? You know, and 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 how much they have and how much they spend and 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 a lot of the shock lines are saying, you know, you know but are really you have to identify is that shock line really addressing me? Mm -hmm. or not so certainly there's a lot of listeners and a lot of our clients they are never going to have a irma trap no um so they don't need to listen to that noise
2: or maybe they don't now but if something happens if it's a married couple and statistically they're going to lose one of them and if they come go to a single person those thresholds change so maybe that right So it's just things to be aware of.
1: But I don't know if you're not sure, that's what you need. You know, we can help you identify is do you have an Irma trap? Or not. And based on how much you have an IRA and when mm-hmm. what all your other retirement income items and what inflation do you want to assume, um, on your IRMA thresholds? Cause they do go up a little bit here. Right. How much rate of return do you want to assume? See that a lot of The times rate of
2: return makes a big difference. Makes a
1: big difference. If you're assuming a 4% rate of return on your IRAs, for example, if you're assuming a six percent rate of return Mm -hmm. on your iras um so that's that type of now so we go through an example of that too all right um so one of the things that we you know we're in we're in the second quarter earnings reports right that have been coming out and this this time around i've been concentrating on the retail because it, it has that same idea of saying who is being hurt by this economy and who's doing okay sometimes we can look at what's happening at these stores in other words getting back to that concept of is this an upper economic class issue a middle economic class issue or a lower economic class status issue Mm -hmm. right and so i'll let's just see i've done some last week um so, Carrie, remember, like, we were saying, well, which store would be, like, department store? Yeah,
2: we were talking to, like, Macy's, Target, and Walmart.
1: Or Kohl's, right? Mm-hmm. So we did Target and Walmart in the previous shows, but we got Macy's. So we said Macy's was in the upper, right? Oh, yeah. Okay. So, Carrie, how do you think did they do?
2: Mm, I think they fell short.
1: Now, why do you say that? Maybe
2: because I don't
1: shop there. <laughs> okay. Just
2: because I think if people are just watching cost, I don't know.
1: All right. So Macy's earnings beats estimates.
2: Wow. I'm <laughs> shocked.
1: Okay. Um, but here's the but. Execs send warning signal on health of America's shoppers. Okay. Okay. So earnings per share came in at 26 cents. Per share, where the street was only looking for thirteen cents. Okay, that's a that's a you know. Remember, in the earnings game, pennies matter, Gary. Right? Mm-hmm. Um, revenue came in at five point one three billion, beating uh, street at estimates of five point one billion. Okay, um, the but the CEO said we continue to see uncertainty in the macroeconomic environment. We are leveraging our robust data science tools to refine inventory composition while reading and reacting to shifting consumer preferences to meet demand. So it looks like maybe um, they know that the the shopping is is cooling off, um, and maybe they're saying about they're making the appropriate adjustments. Okay, coals, Carrie, where do we put coals? I think in, in the middle. In the middle. Okay.
2: They used to be low, but now they're.
1: Okay, so calls um, they they're on earnings per share they beat. Okay, okay. so bottom line came in at fifty two cents per share, and the street was looking for twenty three cents. Solid beat, but on revenue, the street was looking for three point seven six billion, and it came in at three point six eight. Okay. Okay. So they, again, this wasn't the only big retail that we saw that beat on the bottom line but missed on the upper top Hmm. line revenues. And that can indicate what future earnings are going to be if revenues are coming down. Um, So what did uh, Kohl's say? Um, Many of our strategic efforts are just underway, which we expect to contribute incrementally in the back half of the year. Okay. Um, Yeah. Uh, So they didn't, yeah. So again, they're, they're just saying that it's an inventory issue that they have got to straighten out to get that um and and you know kind of deal with the their their current inventory issues. Okay, so let's co- switch. How about um how about Dick Sporting Goods carry? Now, in this case, I'm not really saying is this a I was going to say cuz I think it's more they
2: there's they don't really have other than like Dunham Sport. It's not like they right. have a low-end sporting good or a high-end.
1: So let's switch it up and say, is this an essential shopping experience or discretionary?
2: Well, if your kid plays sports like mine do or did, then it would be an essential.
1: Okay. Um, and- for in
2: some things. Now, their clothing I'm not going to buy. Like,
1: All right. So how did Dick's Sporting Goods? End? Well, um, so, earnings per share, the street was looking for $3.81. It okay. came in at $2.80.
2: Oof.
1: Okay. Um, revenue, the street was looking for $3.24 billion, and it came in at $3.22 billion.
2: Okay, that's not terribly off.
1: Big misses both ways, Carrie. I
2: was going to say, you're saying 3.2 something, 3.2 something?
1: M- pennies matter in the earnings game. Yeah. Um, all right. So, big now who did they blame they didn't blame their athletes that's i always get a I was out of it. Say that's out they ad- call their customers did you, you know that they call oh, their really? customers their athletes well
2: i was gonna say i think most people are
1: um you know who are they blamed on who shrink
2: oh what theft oh okay the new
1: the the, the corporate lingo for theft Oh. Is shrink. Remember a shrinkage?
2: You can't we, say theft.
1: No, because that's too, that's, it's, uh, un- it's, it's theft. not PC. Who cares? If no. some people are coming and the No, it's shrinkage.
2: It's. Okay. It's um, criminal.
1: <laughs> the, yeah, the, uh, the, the. That's
2: C- terrible.
1: The CBO said, uh, we thought we had adequately reserved for it. However, the number of incidents and the organized retail crime impact came in significantly higher than we anticipated. <sighs> That's that imp- terrible. That impacted our second quarter results. What
2: was that nice say about people.
1: Um, what well, yeah, do What you know? Um, the, you know, and how are they going to fix it? They said we are going to fight to the extent we can to keep our teammates. I assume that's their right workers. Our athletes; those are their customers, and our store safe. That's what they're trying to do.
2: That's. Cr- That's ridiculous.
1: Um, That's increased security, uh, lock, hop cameras. Uh, I don't even know what that is, a lock, hop camera. And working with local law enforcement with our industry partners. Um, (sighs) Shares were down big. Another one, too, Foot Locker, kind of a similar thing, Carrie. Okay. Um, Their shares, their stock price, disappointing earnings, was uh, down 26%. Um so I would say that's a discretionary thing in other words the, are people you know do I blame it all on shrinkage i can't imagine that's why they miss so badly right whatever I just think that maybe that's more of a discretionary purchase right because it really a, you're an hurting. essential purchase, and that may be partly why um how about lowe 's this is the last one i 'll do lowe 's okay essential or discretionary carrying.
2: It depends. I mean, cuz there's some things like if you need plumbing stuff or light bulbs. I mean, I don't think I have discretion over.
1: So do you think it's more essential than Foot Locker? Absolutely.
2: Or Absolutely.
1: All right. So what did the, so the earnings per share came in at $4.56 beating street estimates of okay. 4.5. Okay. And revenue came in at 24.96 billion. Beating, no, missing. Huh. Street estimates of twenty five point oh two billion. So here's another one again, where bottom line beat, but top line revenues missed. Huh. Um, and so th- th- this is so that was interesting. So um, let's see what the leaders of Lowe said. Um, In home improvement spending as a percentage of home equity is below the historical average. Um. Okay, the aging housing stock will also drive remodel and repairs combined with other favorable trends from millennial household. Okay. Um, so what was they, that? I
2: remember. <laughs> well, I'm just, they're not
1: really saying much here. They're saying the aging housing stock will also drive remodel and repairs combined with other favorable trends like millennial household formation. Aging in place and persist So what they're saying is they gave positive future forecast. Right, that's too.
2: what I'm saying. Because if people aren't moving, then they're going to do repairs. Right. And honestly, people save money. If I can do it myself, I'll sure try. So,
1: did the, so the Wall Street buy that or not?
2: Mm, I'd say no.
1: They did. Carrie. Oh, okay. Stock was up three and a half percent. Okay. You know, so so there you go. So I I think it's it's you know it, it is a question mark of. Is the consumer hanging in there? Yeah, I think they are. Um, Is it going, you know, have you changed your shopping patterns because you're worried about the inflation and or a possible recession? Um, This is what we try to help clients work through and say, okay, now we're not trying to make calls on whether you should be buying the stock of any of these companies. That's not our point. We're just looking to see, you know, is this trend, is is the U.S. consumer hanging in there? Yeah, there's there's data going both ways.
2: And Mark, you know, I said earlier how people a lot of times aren't spending or doing things. Sometimes, which fortunately that happens quite often where people are underspending, but how many times do you have people who they want to retire and they have all these like, the big travel, the big home improvements, hobbies, they want to do gifting to their kids and then and they think they're going to be fine and in reality they're coming up way short of assets and cash flow before life expectancy. So sometimes you know people say oh I'm going to be fine in the next couple of years, but they really don't understand when wages and and for some people depending on that spending level, you might be, and your existing income or future income with Social Security or pensions, you might be coming up short. I mean, I guess because we see at both sides that people don't really have a way to know if they're going to be okay, and then they're not making decisions, good decisions today because they don't know the future outcome. And that's what we do beyond the Monte Carlo that says there's a percentage of that you're going to be okay. But how am I going to be okay? Which our detailed plans show people that. So if you want to take advantage of a free consultation, um, we help both retirees and people who are approaching retirement know what steps to take strategies to use to get the best results possible and, and taking into account your goals and what you're trying to accomplish. And, um, you can take advantage of a free consultation by phone or in person at 440-239-2090. That's 440-239-2090 or financialfoodforthought.com. Also, don't forget to sign up for our annual updated IRA Roth and tax qualified asset planning classes. Details are on the website or feel free to give us a call in the office during the weekdays um, or leave a message and we will call you back. Those classes are free to attend. We do ask that you pre-register. That's Tuesday, uh, September 12th at 10 a.m. at the Middleburg Community Center or Wednesday, September 20th at 6 p.m. at the Interstate Plaza building in Middleburg Heights. That's 440-239-2090 or visit financialfoodforthought.com.
1: All right. Listen to Mark Donnelly and Carrie Waddell, and we're the co-owners of the estate planning team. The estate planning team is helping Cleveland families build custom financial plans for over 36 years. And over that time period, Carrie, we certainly have read and heard our share about the end of the world prophecies, right? Mm-hmm. In terms of economic uh, disasters, and the most recent one we've been talking about is the the, the Durban Accord, right? Um, and it it has to do with the brics you know the 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 the, the brazil russia india china south africa right and durban is referencing to the uh, johannesburg in south africa but the so there, they had their big summit their 15th summit this week right and for some reason the gold sellers picked up on this and and started uh, over the last couple of months have been purporting that there was going to be a big, you know, announcement that was going to devastate, you know, it was going right. to, you know, and it has to deal with that the U.S. dollar would no longer be the world's reserve currency, and that would crash the dollar, it would crash your stocks, your money would be worthless, and it'd be the end of the world. Um, and I'm sure they sold a lot of gold, you know, with those commercials. But the, so, so here it is, is right. is, is, is their dollar still good today, Kerry?
2: So far, so good.
1: <laughs> um, you know, so, so what did the, um, summit come out? Well, it's, so what the, the, the prophecy was that presumably that they were going to announce a new international currency backed by commodities. Now, what does that mean, Carrie? Well, it's, that would be like not only gold, but oil, even industrial metals, Grain, I mean, they, okay. they, they, you know, and and anything, you know, and um, and that, but by doing that, that the that the world would so, globally would somehow stop using the U.S. dollar to purchase cross-country things. They would be going with this new commodity currency. Okay, it ain't happening. I don't think. No. Um. Now, a couple of things happen. Xi Jinping was supposed to give a big uh, talk. Talk. He backed out. Okay. He was there. He did speak, but it wasn't the big thing. Putin, of course, couldn't even go.
2: No, I would think that wouldn't be smart. Well,
1: you know, he said it was because he was, he, you know, he he could be arrested outside of Russia oh, yeah, that's for, what I'm saying for Ukraine war crimes. I think other people think he's worried about that he would be assassinated. assassinated I was going to think if, more
2: of his life being in danger if,
1: if he left the, the, the country. Um, but in either case, so he was a no show. Um, and. You know what? what they, they didn't. You know they and the the, the South Africa's finance minister. Um, he kind of downplayed this idea that they're trying to replace the U.S. dollar. You know, he does admit that they are trying to not to try to do this without needing the U.S. to mm-hmm. t- to trade between these BRICS com- you know countries. And they also are saying how they're going to add members to BRICS. Okay. Um, as a matter of fact, they announced that um, who did they say six new countries? They say are, are are coming on board: Argentina, Egypt, Iran, Ethiopia, Saudi Arabia, United Arab Emirates are all set to join BRICS in January. Now, that's I don't know what the combined GDP of those six countries are, um, but again, are they getting big enough where this is going to become an issue? But Uh, The finance minister said, you know, the creation of a common BRICS currency um, was not on the agenda during the meetings.
2: Oh, my Um, goodness. You would think as big as they talked about it. How how is it not on the agenda?
1: And they're saying, well, it would be problematic. You know, he said, you know, you got to have one central bank. Um, You must lose your monetary policy independence. It's a major challenge, which would imply, in our case, a major constitutional implications. They also... Uh, specifically um, y- you know said that uh, I don't know if I have that that the, the, that they uh, y- you know that they're they're not yeah they want to ease the trade between um, these countries but you know, strengthen their cross-border payment. They call it, but it's also they're not you know trying to replace SWIFT either. That's the the, the, the you know the, the the system in place right now that you can do international trade. So I don't know what the all I, I you know I don't think you know the the U.S. dollar has lost its world reserve currency yet. Is it going to be less dependent? Yeah, sure, that's possible. Is this going to have a major impact on your retirement? Mm-hmm. I don't know um you know we'll see i didn't hear anything out of the biden camp about any comment about the 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 brick summit
2: well that's because he was in trouble making stupid comments about his visit to maui i did see those headlines all
1: right so so there you go so but one interesting thing too is about gdp um and if you look at the countries that don't, aren't in pricks, you know, that's us, um, you know, obviously Germany, UK, you know, the whole Eurozone, basically, Canada, Japan. So they're giving, you know, if you look at what they're forecasting for GDP, right, because, that, that, you know, so, all right, so the U.S. is saying GDP in 2023 is going to be 2.1 percent, next year, 1.1 percent. Not negative, Carrie. Maybe not recession. Germany is saying, hey, we've got a negative GDP for 2023. They're in a recession. Um, And next next year, it's going to be 0.8%. UK is saying they're barely positive for 2023, 0.1%. It's going to get a little bit better next year, 0.6%. Okay, uh the Eurozone in generally is saying there's know they're, they're positive for 2023 0.5%, barely positive, and next year a little bit better, 0.9%. Canada saying 2023 they're going to be a 1.5% GDP, next year a little bit worse, 1.1% GDP. Japan is saying they're at what 1.2% GDP in 2023 and it's going to get a little bit worse next year 1% GDP. But there may be realistic, right? Okay. But now let's look at BRICS.
2: Okay. It's going to be a lot worse.
1: Well, do you think BRICS are going to admit that it's going to be a lot worse?
2: No, I think they're going to overinflate.
1: China. They're in 2023 at 5.4%, Carrie. And I next, don't know. And, China
2: and, puts out a lot of and stuff. And next
1: year, it's going to be 4.5%.
2: Okay. They were downgrading, but China does make How a about lot of India? stuff. India. But China and India, think about how many things a year are made in China or India.
1: India says their GDP this year is 6.1%. Good for India. And next year it's going to be 6.1%. Okay. Um, does anyone believe them, though? That's my point. I don't know,
2: Mark. Do you know how much stuff comes out of those countries? I just don't believe it. I don't know that much, but still.
1: And, and then Mexico. You know, Mexico is saying they're, they want to join BRICS. That would be really... Because they're our next door neighbor, right? Okay, um, and that would be I, if 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 the administration doesn't comment on that. If Mexico announces they're joining BRICS, I'd be really surprised. But um, but they're Mexico is saying that um, their GDP is beating the U.S. two point four percent this year, hmm. and next year going to be one point two percent. Is it because
2: the- of the drugs? I just don't believe it. <laughs> are they, are they taking drugs into factor. All right. So, or China I guess are the biggest producer of fentanyl so maybe maybe market right.
1: so we'll see i I don't know what we're you know what we'll, we'll see but I I believe the uh, our numbers more than I believe the BRICS numbers when they when it comes to GDP forecast but whatever um, all right so we 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 started talking about everybody's favorite financial topic and that's the long-term care dilemma last week and um you know, I, I the numbers are staggering. You can go back and listen to last week's show; uh, they're too depressing to repeat again. And and I'm not sure if the final solution is out there for all the baby boomers. Um, and and quite and quite frankly, you know, the, the sandwich generation carry the baby boomers may be dealing with this issue for their parents,
2: Carrie. Right. right.
1: Um, that's certainly a possibility, and and they may be getting a little bit of the you know the price tag you know the sticker shock of what it costs for long-term care um, and how do you pay for it and so you know a lot of people say well you know what are, I don't you know what are the solutions um, well a lot of times people immediately go carry to long-term care insurance right and and I, long-term care insurance yeah, that's one of the options, but that's not the one we see mostly used today, Carrie. Not it?
2: anymore. It was at one time.
1: Yeah, um, and a very small percentage of Americans have long-term care insurance. I think it's under five percent, Carrie, of the of the population. And a lot of the long-term care insurance companies have gone out of business.
2: Right, or they just don't stop selling offering. Yeah, I mean that they're product, not selling yeah. new,
1: new new policies. They're they and
2: that's been true probably the last five years.
1: Um, Meaning that, and their model broke down and, and I won't get into, uh, and, and if you, if you, you know, I can tell you more if you come in for a consultation and say, why did the long-term care industry fail? I, I can go into that, but I don't have time on the radio. But, um but the, uh, the other one that I started talking about last week was the legal solution. And the legal solution is where you hear these elder care attorneys Saying that, you know, don't let the nursing home take all your money or, 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 you know, eat up your child's inheritance or, you know, make you go broke. And it's somewhat misleading because it's really the nursing home doesn't make you do that. The nursing home is going to get paid no matter what. So right. If no one's paying the nursing home, you're not in the nursing home. Does everybody get that? Right. Um, it'd be like saying, I want to go to the auto dealer and I want to buy out, I want to buy that new uh, Hummer. Um, but the, the, I'd have to spend down my savings to get it. So those, that bad auto dealer, cause he's making me spend down my savings to get the Hummer. Well, no, I don't know if it's really, you know,
2: it's, yeah, it's not <laughs> quite the same thing.
1: You, you, yeah. You, you, if you're going in, there's a cost to be in there and somebody's got to pay that cost right. or you're not in there. Right. Now, what there's whether
2: the costs are not outrageous, that's another. Debate. Right. That's but, another topic.
1: Right, like the cost of the Hummer. Right. But but the idea is, um, w- what the elder care is that they they're they're saying they want Medicaid to pay it. So it's really Medicaid spend down tax is, dollars is what right. you have to do. In other words, you med- you don't get Medicaid until you're down to a certain desolate financial situation.
2: Which that's a huge difference if you're married or single.
1: And so the Medicaid spend down is what there is these, these attorneys. But again, I I was saying last week, a lot of times we've had clients who've gone down that pathway buying this, the sizzle, just the idea that, oh, I'm, I'm gonna, I'm not gonna have to spend down. And they don't even realize that the whole plan is to get them on Medicaid.
2: No, because it's marketed as a different kind of strategy.
1: Now, but I, so, so part of what we try to help our clients with is, Um, You know, if that's the pathway you want to go, that's fine. And we've had clients who've used... These plans. Right. Many.
2: And the thing of it is, is you really have to understand what you're getting into and the good and the bad, the pluses and minuses.
1: Right. And that's where we help. So we're not attorneys. We don't, you know, give legal advice.
2: No, but we go with our clients well, to understand the financial implications with the attorney meeting. Right.
1: Or at least we prepare them. You right. know, why don't we put an agenda together? Right. And maybe these are some of the questions you might want to be asking.
2: And get an understanding of really how it works before you make a decision.
1: And not just the sizzle.
2: Right. And it's okay to ask a ton of questions. If somebody doesn't want to answer your questions, maybe you need to go to someone else.
1: In other words, are they explaining to you how Medicaid works? Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, the look back rules. Remember, one time it was three years. It's now, now it's five, five. years. Right. What will the look back rule be 20 years from now?
2: Maybe seven?
1: I have no idea.
2: Yeah.
1: Um, is what they're doing? That's a good question to ask the attorney. If so I put something in place today that I might not really need for 20 years, is it still going to work? Am I gonna be grandfathered if the conference right. changes laws? That'd be a good question to ask. You have to understand the income tax rules. You've got to understand the gift tax rules. Right. Be- you know, and and you know, they talk about these asset protection trusts, or sometimes they're called Medicaid spend down trusts. Um, what exactly is that? Um can you know, here's a good question. Can you be the trustee of your asset protection trust? Mm. And if you can't be trustee, what does that mean? Okay, um, Is, is this, is this asset protection trust that they're doing? Is it an intentionally defective grantor trust? Okay. And, and if that's the case, you want to ask the attorney about the new revenue ruling that came out earlier this year in March, you know, revenue ruling 2023-2, that the government's trying to clamp down on some of these trusts that are, that are, you know, bypassing some of the tax laws. Um, you know, um, so these are the things now. You could say, well, okay, I, you know, this is what we try to help with. Now, if you also, you may want to be saying part of that process, Carrie, is that when you are going in, whenever that may be, and you're applying for Medicaid, it's not easy to apply for Medicaid. Right. If you've never done it before, if you've done it a thousand times you understand how to answer the questions. So the question you want to ask these attorneys, perhaps, is are you going to help me apply, (laughs) or help my family apply for Medicaid, and do I have to apply every year? If I'm in there longer than the year, these are some of the discussions. And now we get to the point about saying, understanding what you're buying and how it's going to work. Here, I hear the music.
2: All right. Call for a free consultation or sign up for our IRA and Roth classes at 440-239-2090 or visit financialfoodforthought.com.